This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a warm late summer's night and Raynard had finished her part-time job at a fashion boutique in Dunleary. She went across the road to a local pub where she met with a friend and stayed there for a few hours. It was a Saturday night and the plan was to move on to a nightclub in the area, but she decided to walk the 15-minute home to change before heading back out, and that was the last time that Raynard was seen alive. On September 4th, 1999, young Raynard Murray was killed 500 metres from her home in Glenageary in South Dublin. Now, her death led to the biggest homicide investigation in the history of the state. But over two decades later, her killer has never been caught. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today, as part of our Unsolved series, I'm joined by Irish independence John Marr to explore what happened to the teenager killed almost 23 years ago and examine how the person responsible has so far evaded authorities all these years. Our beautiful child died on the pavement with no loving, caring person there to help or comfort her. Recently, we were looking through some of Raynard's things and glimpsed again the young woman our child was becoming. There was still that beautiful, fresh innocence of youth on the threshold of adulthood, with all the excitement, wonder and possibility that brings with it. For a brief moment, she was ours again, without this horrific shadow hanging over her. John, take me back to the 3rd of September in 1999, John. It's a Friday night and what was Raina doing? Well, she had finished her day shift working um, in a a fashion boutique uh, in Dunleary and she headed across the road to a popular pub called Scott's to have a few drinks to meet some friends and she planned to go to a nightclub at the time called Paparazzi's like any young woman or young guy for that matter, she didn't want to be wearing the clothes she had been working in all day. She decided to uh, walk to her home in Silchester Park, which was about 15 minutes away by foot, to change and then to meet the friend at the nightclub in Dunleary. 
And at some time between 11.50pm and 12.20 in the morning, she is killed in the cut, this laneway that is just 50 metres from her family home. At around 12.30am, Reynard is discovered by her own sister Sarah who's coming home with three friends. She is either dying or dead at that stage. She is clutching her handbag and her outfit for the night out. And John, that 15-minute walk is probably something she she was used to doing. You, you know, she's a young girl, likes going out with her friends. So it, it, it probably is part and parcel of a Friday night, head home, quick change and back out. Absolutely. And the chances are she wouldn't have given it a moment's thought. There were, I mean, a 17-year-old walking home to an area she's always lived in would never have perceived danger there would have thought this is just par for the course probably was looking was thinking about what she was going to wear what makeup she was going to put on maybe who she might meet in the club that night all the stuff that a 17 year old thinking about a great night out um, has in their heads at that moment and there was a familiar local route getting from Dunleary Town to home and back. Yes. In the heart of Lanagiri, there's a laneway that connects Silchester Road and Silchester Crescent, and it's known locally as the Cut. It's about 100 metres long. It's really beautiful. You've got grassy verges on either side, plenty of mature trees. If you walk there during a summer evening now, you'll hear the sound of people playing tennis in the courts next door. So the Cut is right beside the family home as well. And that's what makes this case all the more horrifying. She was killed so close to home. We still don't know who did this. Mm -hmm. The killer was never apprehended. Murder of Raynard Murray is by far and above the largest homicide investigation ever conducted in Ireland. Almost 3,500 statements have been taken and they form part of a massive murder investigation file. And John, this investigation would be the largest of its kind in the history of the state. Thousands of hours and statements were taken. But was there ever a chief suspect from the get-go? There was never one particular suspect. In fact, the Gardaí at one point had 200 suspects or persons of interest. And of those, 22 people were given red alert status. For a long time, there was this notion of a young man with a Liam Gallagher type haircut who had been spotted in the area. Nobody knew or knows who he was or is. And Gardy spent thousands of hours contacting people in Dunleary, Glenagiri, Glastool to try to work out who this person might have been. There were suggestions that he could have come in off the ferry at Dunleary, that he might have got back on the ferry shortly afterwards. A great deal of time uh, was pursued on that avenue, which you're right, it was an enormous case. Three and a half thousand statements taken, thousands of households visited over months, Um, a huge um, amount of manpower from the Gardaí to put into solving this and solve it they couldn't. 
For reasons the guards have never established, someone waylaid Raynard in this laneway and stabbed her repeatedly. She didn't die at the scene. She was able to crawl another 40 or 50 yards, that's all, and then she expired just around the corner from her own home. Over the years, there were various suggestions about who might have done this. The Somali immigrant Farah Salwe Noor, who was killed by the so-called Scissor Sisters, Linda and Charlotte Mulhall in 2005, was one suspected of doing it because he had apparently boasted of killing Raynard to the Mulhalls. Gardy thought this guy is perpetual fantasist. He wasn't responsible. Graeme Dwyer, the killer of Elaine O'Hara, has also been ruled out. He had a fixation with knives and apparently he once sent Elaine O'Hara a text mentioning that Raynard's killer had never been found. But he's not linked with that death. That happened 13 years before he killed Elaine O'Hara in August 2012. So we are no closer to knowing who did this all these years on. The other thing that is important to note about the year, this is 99. Technology has moved on massively in those 23 years. Yes, there was CCTV at the end of the 90s, but nothing like we have today. So had something like this happened in 2022, there's a very strong chance that somebody in a pub in the pub would have had photographs, you know, that she might have been in the background of. Every single shop would have had CCTV. We could follow her movements. Um, The cut itself probably wouldn't have cameras there, but you would more than likely have been able to ascertain who was walking up the road behind her, assuming that she was followed. If somebody had been waiting there, again, they could pull that footage back in time to see, okay, somebody entered this particular spot half an hour beforehand and didn't leave. So Martin, Raina came this direction and she was she was heading for home. That's right. Now the initial contact between the attacker and Raina would appear to have taken place just right behind us there at the gable end of that house because witnesses were able to tell us in the immediate aftermath that uh, a lady's voice and a man's voice were heard and the lady, we are assuming was Raynard, uh, said to the man to get away from her, or words to that effect. I mentioned Graeme DeWire there. The technology played a significant part in his arrest and conviction, but technology, unfortunately, wasn't advanced enough to play a part in this case. To go back to that period in September '99. This was a story that absolutely shocked the nation because everybody knows a 17-year-old. It could be a daughter or a sister. It could be a friend. Everybody knows what it's like to finish the Leaving Cert and have all these plans and aspirations for your future. And then the horror of not getting to do any of that and to be killed when you're almost at home in the most horrific violent, savage manner, and to know that person was never caught. Now, several of the lead investigators on this case subsequently thought that there was a strong possibility that the perpetrator had been female. And the reason for that 
the, sh- the, the stab wounds were shallow. They were, they, they were shallow. They, they were inflicted by somebody that didn't have t- t- typical male f- physical strength. That, that, was the, that was the thinking. And I interviewed the UK-based criminologist Jane Moncton-Smith on the 20th anniversary of Raynard's killing. And she has written a book about female victims of male perpetrators. So she is a, an acknowledged expert in this area. And having looked at the case, she thought the shallow stab wounds was a critical clue. And her contention was that there was a strong possibility that the perpetrator was female. There are so many intriguing aspects to a case like this. And we can look, I suppose, at homicides in the round. After the murder of Ashling Murphy earlier this year, Women's Aid conducted a survey about female homicide going back to the mid-90s. And they discovered that 87% of female homicide victims had known their killer. So there is a very strong likelihood that Raynard knew her killer. A very strong likelihood. When I spoke to Jane Moncton-Smith about this case, she said that a classic suspect is a boyfriend or somebody interested in her or somebody that she had rejected. And I'll read you the quote that she gives that she gave me at the time. The classic suspect is a boyfriend or somebody who was interested in her in that way or somebody she had rejected or if it was a female, which would be unusual typically, but not unheard of. It could have been somebody who thought their boyfriend was interested in her. Those are crucial questions to ask when you're talking about the murder of a female. Nine times out of ten, that sort of detail is highly relevant. Now, Raynard had a boyfriend at the time of her death. He was a young barman who worked at Scott's pub, but he was ruled out immediately because CCTV footage showed that he had been working in the pub at the time of her death. In a previous interview marking the launch of a family website dedicated to Raynard, her parents, Jim and Deirdre, told me about their youngest child. From the time I knew I was expecting Raynard, uh, she was a joy for me. Raynard was, um, she was really a, a, a beautiful, beautiful child. Here we are, over two decades on, and you've you've covered this story many, many times. We're still talking about Raynard. We're still asking what happened to her. We're still trying to find answers, John. Do you see us getting to a point where we will have some of these questions answered? With every year that goes by, the likelihood of that recedes. Raynard, Raynard's parents pleaded publicly on the 20th anniversary of her killing for anybody with information to come forward or for the killer, if he or she is still out there, to confess that hasn't happened. It's still an unsolved case, John. In the Gardaí's eyes, does that mean this case is still very much open? 
it's very much open. Absolutely. And they are still looking for people to come forward. And there are cases, certainly in other parts of the world, where cases much longer than this even have been solved because people have come forward or a scrap of evidence that was perhaps discounted at the time comes to light again. There's always hope. And I'm sure Reynard's parents live in hope that there is some manner of justice here. So never say never. Reynard's killer is free. That freedom mocks what should have been Reynard's life and mocks the horror of her death. To her killer, we say, come out from the shadows and own up to what you have done. Do the right thing and confess your crime. Time has not lessened our sense of grief and loss, but sent it deeper and made it more profound. For Reynard's sake, help find her murderer and get the justice for her that she deserves. I think at the heart of this case, there is the nightmare that every parent must have, which is your child on a night out does not come home, that they are killed in the most gruesome fashion. I interviewed uh, Dr. Orla Lynch some time ago. Uh, She is the head of criminology at University College Cork. She said murders that are unsolved and murders that are assumed to be carried out by a stranger represent something larger than life, something truly monstrous. They are social myths that sustain our fear of the unknown. They violate our belief in a just world. If someone can be killed by a stranger through no fault of their own, the logical conclusion, she says, is that anyone could be at risk. The notion of the innocent victim is important here too as is the fact that she was a teenager and female, that she wasn't seen as playing any role in her own victimisation. That is something that resonates very strongly with people. 23 years on from Reynard's murder, justice needs to be served. This is a case that doesn't just haunt South County Dublin, it haunts all of Ireland. Well, my thanks there to John Marr, Irish independent feature writer, for joining me today. I'm Siobhan Maguire, and today's episode was produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE News, Virgin Media News, RTE One and Independent.ie. And if you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. 